greetings, greetings, greetings on this Money Monday, May 29th, 2023. I'm referring to it as Money Monday because today's read is about money, rather economics and the debt ceiling issue in the United States. This article was found on abcnews.com and the headline is with deal in place Biden urges Congress to pass debt ceiling agreement. Now, we all know in a capitalistic society such as America, America, money matters, economics matters, and debt is a part of our economy. It's a lot to that. Um, And not only in America, because America has its footprint stamped in many places around the world. So what happens in America doesn't just stay in America. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But let's go ahead and get into this article. Sunday night, President Joe Biden urged both chambers of Congress to pass the debt limit deal while acknowledging key concessions made by both parties in order to finalize an agreement. The Speaker and I made clear from the start that the only way forward was a bipartisan agreement. That agreement now goes to the United States House and to the Senate. I strongly urge both chambers to pass that agreement, Biden said during remarks in the Roosevelt Room. Let's keep moving forward on meeting our obligations and building the strongest economy in the history of the world. A bipartisan majority of Congress will approve a compromise in the coming days to raise the nation's debt ceiling and avert a historic default that could upend the economy while enforcing some limits on government spending House Speaker Kevin McCarthy also predicted on Sunday. McCarthy, flanked by the two Republican negotiators who worked with him on brokering a debt and spending deal with the White House, spoke with reporters outside his office on Capitol Hill earlier Sunday. He offered some specifics about the agreement with Biden while pushing back on already emerging criticism from his party's right flank that Republicans did not exact enough concessions on the federal government's budget. I think people will look back and say, well, I didn't get exactly what I wanted, but there's something in here that it shouldn't be about you. It should be about America. McCarthy said, America believes that we have spent too much, so this spends less. Reader's note, Y'all didn't say nothing about that $14 billion that went to Ukraine? I just, just wanted to know. It's a, it's a question that just keeps ringing every now and then. The bill doesn't get everything everybody wanted, he acknowledged, but that's no, but that's in divided government. That's what we end up with. Uh, McCarthy said he would speak with Biden again later Sunday to review the finalized language of the legislation. 
and then the text will be posted publicly, starting a 72-hour countdown that he has committed to members for reading the bill before a vote on Wednesday. The proposal would be about 150 pages or less, he said. This is a good, strong bill that a majority of Republicans will vote for, he told ABC News' Trish, ABC News's Trish Turner. And with Biden's backing, I expect his party to be supportive as well, McCarthy said. The bill text was posted later Sunday night. During his remarks Sunday night in the Roosevelt Room, Biden celebrated the debt ceiling deal, saying it took the threat of catastrophic default for the first time in the nation's history off the table, while also acknowledging key concessions made by both his party and Republicans to get negotiations over the finish line. It takes the threat of catastrophic default off the table, protects our hard-earned and historic economic recovery, and the agreement also represents a compromise. No one got everything they want, he said. Biden said he had just gotten off the phone with McCarthy and that the two were ready to move the bipartisan budget agreement to the full Congress. I thought this article was going to give us some details, but I'm not seeing any. Boo. <laughs> In his remarks, Biden said the deal prevents an economic recession and saves retirement accounts. Okay, here we go. And millions of jobs while preserving key priorities for Democrats, such as Social Security, Medicare, and VA benefits. Okay. It also protects key priorities, accomplishments, and values that congressional Democrats and I fought long for, long and hard for, Biden said. When answering questions from reporters, Biden defended his earlier remarks that the debt ceiling was non-negotiable in the wake of the negotiations that just occurred. He noted that the debt ceiling and budget cuts were not roped together. When asked by ABC News' Elizabeth Schultz what he would say to fellow Democrats who say he's made too many concessions, Biden responded, they'll find I didn't. While McCarthy and Representatives Garrett Graves and Patrick McHenry of Louisiana and North Carolina deferred some details of the debt bill to the final text, they touted what they saw as major wins. This is the most conservative spending package in my service in Congress, Mahenry, a 10-term representative said. McCarthy again stressed that Republicans had forced Biden to reverse his months-long insistence that the White House would only negotiate on the budget separate from any increase on the debt, with Democrats likening talks with Republicans under the threat of default to economic hostage-taking. It wasn't until the final two weeks that we were really able to sit down, McCarthy said. The clock was ticking the whole time. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has said the federal government will run out of money to pay all of its bills as soon as June 5th, unless its $31.4 trillion borrowing limit is raised. Oh, wow. Such a default would undermine the credit 
of the United States, which is a linchpin of the international economy and could delay payments on a swath of services, including Social Security. On Sunday, the speaker repeatedly praised both Graves and McHenry and Biden's team of professional, smart, and tough negotiators. The negotiations were intense. They were quite challenging, McHenry told reporters. The outcome of that is a fundamental shift in the spending trajectory in Washington. ABC News has previously reported that, according to sources familiar, the agreement is a two-year budget deal that would also separately raise the debt the debt limit for two years while keeping non-defense spending roughly flat. So the increase is for defense spending with current levels in fiscal year 2024 and increasing by 1% in 2025. So the two-year budget deal raises the debt limit for defense spending military spending but non-defense spending is not increasing mm, 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 mm. Mm. the agreement would phase in new work requirements for recipients of supplemental nutrition assistance program snap benefits specifically time limits on the benefits for people up to age 54 excluding veterans and homeless people those new requirements would sunset in 2030, sources said. The bill would fully fund medical care for veterans, including an extension of funding in the PACT Act, one source said. And the deal would streamline the review process for certain energy projects. McCarthy, Graves, and Henry on Sunday pointed to changes to the National Environmental Policy Act in particular and said that while government spending on defense and veterans would increase under the deal, other appropriations would fall below the 2022 level. These mugs are crazy. Is defense. Oh, McHenry highlighted consequential changes to SNAP, also known as food stamps, and fixing loopholes in temporary assistance for needy families. You defending America by not helping the people who are already hungry in America. America is the biggest military presence in the world already, but we're increasing that spending. Mm. Ooh. McHenry highlighted consequential changes to SNAP. Okay, I did that already. Um, ultimately, McCarthy and his negotiations negotiators said Republicans could not enforce a more sweeping 10-year spending reduction into the next Congress because future lawmakers would simply be able to vote to undo it. McHenry said that the bill instead lays out, as one example, $704 billion in annual non-defense discretionary government spending while holding vets harmless, a rebuke of Democratic criticism that Republicans were seeking spending cuts that could affect veterans. Graves said their legislation includes 
six years of spending caps with different means of enforcing the first two years under the current Republican House majority than the remaining four. The speaker was pressed several times by reporters on comments by some House Republicans that the debt deal doesn't go far enough, especially in the light of the Limit Save Grow Act that was passed along party lines in the House last month. This deal is insanity, not going to vote to bankrupt our country. The American people deserve better, Representative Ralph Norman, Republican of South Carolina, tweeted. Senator Rand Paul, Republican Kentucky, likewise shared his displeasure on social media. Conservatives have been sold out once again. Whiny, whiny, whiny. McCarthy played down reports of infighting, insisting more than 95% of his conference had been overwhelming, overwhelmingly excited about the compromise during an earlier conference call. Let's let the members actually read the bill before they make a decision and go forward, he told reporters. He also brushed off the potential risk of a snap vote to boot him from the speakership, which any single member could trigger under any earlier deal. McCarthy made to win the gavel in January. Not at all, he said when asked if he was worried about such a move. The GOP only holds a narrow majority in the House right now. Passing a debt compromise theoretically would require at least a bare majority of Republicans with enough Democrats to make up for any conservative deflections. Oh, Lord. In his dear colleague letter shared Sunday morning, this is so... I don't want to read any more of this. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> where is what's going to be in the deal? Let me see. I'm trying to go through the article and seeing what is in the actual bill. Okay, there's a link to the bill, but um, it's very long. This act may be cited as the Fiscal Fiscal Responsibility Act of 2023. And so if you go on abcnews.com, the actual text of the proposed bill is available. But it says it's a lot of it. All of these sections just say recession of unobligated funds, family and small business tax payer protection. Oh, wow. So even though it's posted, okay, here it goes. So, yeah, that article that I'm talking about again on, um, ABC News gives a link to, you can actually see the bill yourself, um, and it gets into the numbers. So it's available at docs.house.gov, and the bill can be read there. And I'll put that in the, um, in the description box so that you can access it for yourself. It's a lot. And they haven't passed it yet, but this is what's being proposed. 
Oh my gosh. Things like this can get complicated when it comes to money and language surrounding the money and the amount of money and the amount of people the entire world that are affected by these decisions by these people who have the of course of course their own interests in mind and everybody doesn't have a a seat at that particular table and for me to understand what's going on I need certain definitions for example debt ceiling Debt ceiling is defined as an upper limit set on the amount of money that a government may borrow. My question is, where are they borrowing it from? Where does that money come from? Um, And I'm trying to find more information about this because if they default... it. Is it the private companies in the in the country? I mean, where is this money coming from? Once we breach the debt ceiling, and I looked up debt ceiling default, what that would mean. Once we breach the debt ceiling, the federal government will not be able to pay its bills or for things like Social Security checks, payroll for service members. Oh, the military won't get paid. Older people federal employees, Medicare reimbursements, interest payments on past debt could go unpaid, which would mean the United States government would default on its debts. Who do we owe? Is this where China comes into play? Who does America borrow from? Let's see. The United States government borrows money straight from the public by issuing securities like bills, notes, and bonds through the United States Treasury. Anyone can buy a bond or other treasury security, and when they do, they effectively loan money to the federal government in exchange for repayment with interest at a later date. The national debt is broken down into debt owed to intragovernmental holdings and debt owed to the public. Intragovernmental holdings include federal agencies such as the Social Security Trust Fund and Medicare, while public debt includes United States banks and investors, as well as foreign investors. So is a, I don't want to say Ponzi's king, but it's essentially... Wow. So yeah. It's people, it's private, it's the it's the corporations, the people who who are sitting at that table. They're exchanging money with us, the public, as well as each other. Um let's see. What is our debt? Is America still in debt? The United States debt stands at twenty eight point five trillion. Despite this being over the debt-to-GDP ratio at 107%, the 
The reason the United States economy can sustain itself is that there is belief from investors that the U.S. can eventually repay its debt. Interesting. Oh, wow. Now I see why people like go down the rabbit hole when it comes to this. Because and it's all wow. This is an article I'm reading from PBS.org and wow, this is very interesting. The United States has twenty three point five trillion in debt, so how can it still afford a big coronavirus stimulus package? <laughs> this is from March twentieth, twenty twenty. The United States government now owes over $23.5 trillion in debt, or about 71000 for every man, woman, woman, and child living within its borders. It has risen $3 trillion since President Trump took office. $3 trillion? Damn, I couldn't even get it out. Since President Trump took office, debt was raised $3 trillion in just his... It has risen $3 trillion since President Trump took office in 2017 and is almost double what it was just 10 years ago. United States government officials are discussing another expensive stimulus package. Well, we about to pay that back. That's why our food is high. Everything is high. Oh, my gosh. The national debt represents the accumulation of past deficits that the federal government has run pretty much continuously since 1931. Prior to that, surpluses were much more common apart from the years following the Civil War. Wow. But its size is not a problem. The amount of government debt simply reflects the timing of taxes. Higher spending and lower taxes today mean more borrowing that will need to be paid off by higher taxes in the future. Not everyone will be happy about that. And the government's resources are not unlimited. But because the economy grows over time, collecting those future taxes makes spending today affordable. Wow. Wow. So that article, again, is on www.pbs.org. And the headline is, The U.S. has $23.5 trillion in debt, um, published March 20th, 2020. I got to get my day started. But this is interesting. Interesting, to say the least, right? 